0: Welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel. Matt could not join me this week. He had very important filming work to do. If I'm not mistaken, it's nude beach season this year in Australia, and he said, Joel, I can't can't make it to the show this week. I've got so much stuff I need to film. Hopefully, you know, we send Matt our best, and we hope that we won't have to bail him out again like last year.
1: Mm.
0: Good, good stuff. So, uh, luckily... Uh, you know, M- Matt told me about this that he had that he couldn't make it to the show on sadly kind of last minute, so I really had to scramble to get a guest. But luckily, there was one person out there who I know I could trust to help fill in. You may remember her from the Blood Sweat Comics days, because she filled in a couple times over there when I needed a co-host. She is Cat West, but you probably know her better as Comic Uno from all her work reviewing comics, all the stuff from Comic Frontline. And you might even know her from her own comic book right now, because since I last spoke to her, she started doing that. So at this point, I'm going to give the mic over to her and let her tell you about herself.
1: Well, hey guys! I'm I'm excited to be here and talk some comics and just be on a show with Joel again because it's always mm-hmm. always fun to talk everything, really, mm-hmm. um, and especially comics. But yeah, for me, of course, go check out my my YouTube channel, Comic Uno. That's where I do a lot of comic book reviews, but also TV stuff and. TV stuff definitely happening soon, because we have all the premieres coming up, uh, all the obviously superhero shows coming up, which I do that weekly. Um, For Comic Frontline, like Joel mentioned, I have two podcasts over there, uh, Frontline Live, We, we usually do live on Tuesday. On that channel, uh, between 9.30 10, we're always late, and Media Madness, which is always changing the day, so just check out my Twitter, but we just talk about all different media stuff, which we've had Joel on yeah. a couple of times. Yeah,
0: quite a few times now. I think I've probably guessed it on that show more than I've guessed it on any other show.
1: That's pretty awesome to hear. That is that is pretty cool. Uh, well, we're going to have to have Joel on again, especially for those DC animated stuff. Uh, and yeah, my comic book, Like, Father, Like, Daughter, uh, we're getting ready for an issue for Kickstarter. I'm hoping. It was supposed to be this month, but it's probably not going to me. Um, but hopefully before, like, New York Comic Con. That would be nice. But uh, yeah, so you could go check that out. It's on our Facebook page, Like, Father, Like, Daughter. We have issue one and, well, issue one through three uh, available there uh, in print, and we're on Comicsology also.
0: Nice, nice. You have a new video project, too, you've been working on. I've seen you showing off there on Twitter and everything. How about you tell us a bit about that?
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do have a new video project. I'm working uh, as... As you know, uh, I'm a writer, so Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really do a lot of comedy stuff, but this is a show we we did back in uh, when I was probably in high school, and I I just graduated college. So me and my brother, uh, we're just like, let's bring it back, and uh, we we wrote a couple of scripts, and we're planning about like five to six episodes, and it, it comes out every Wednesday, and it's a comedy show about... Um, a fan uh, really about a family, and I play every single character, and we have a lot of guest nice. characters too so it 's a one woman show, but it 's a web show it 's a lot of fun. so if you like comedy uh, there's also a couple of comic book references, very few because my brother know knows nothing about comics <laughs> but uh it's fun. hopefully you guys could check it out
0: that uh, that sounds great. I was sure to peruse that when I knew you were going to be on. The show. I, of course, am a big fan of comedy, and I know good comedy is hard to do because comedy is 100% subjective.
1: Exactly. It is hard, but you, you try. You try. I'm, I'm very much a situational humor type person, mm. so uh, that's that's usually what I like to see.
0: Totally, totally. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess with that, now that you have a better understanding of who our guest is, we can hop in to the news from this week, and there actually is a fair amount to talk about, which I'm always happy when that's the case. I know we were scraping the bottom of the barrel the last two weeks. This is, this is the hard part about doing a weekly comic book show, and I'm sure you would agree, Kat, just trying to fill enough space.
1: Oh yeah, like there's some news stories. I'm just like, is this really a news story? Mm -hmm. I guess so. Let's do it. Um, Yeah, it's 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 hard, especially um, right before again the superhero shows, and that you know New York Comic Con's coming. We just had San Diego Comic Con, so you're kind of in this rut of no news. Yep, You're (laughs)
0: you're you're in a weird news no man's land from everything getting announced at San Diego then a bunch of nothing, and then a bunch of stuff that's going to be announced at New York. In fact, uh, for the first time ever, I actually have a little insight into some stuff that's going to be happening at New York, but I can't talk about it. I'll just say keep your eyes peeled to that one when it happens. But uh, our first piece of news this week is, uh, I'm sure you heard about this, uh, Monsters Unleashed. We assumed it was going to be a new Marvel book from Cullen Bunn, but now they've gone the extra mile and said, oh, no, no, it's not going to be a new comic, it's going to be a brand new event, is what it's going to be.
1: A mini-series, right? An event mini-series.
0: Yeah, only five issues, which is good, and I'm sure you would agree on this one, too. It's really easy to get into event fatigue, especially coming off the heels of them saying, yeah, Civil War II is going to take the rest of the year to finish. It's nice to hear, no, 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 no. this event's only going to be five issues.
1: Yeah, thank God, and I feel like it's a book that... You really only have to read if you like the monster side of of Marvel. But I will say I was disappointed when it was announced because there was just like big hype over MU, MU, MU. Mm -hmm. Then you find out it's Monsters Unleashed. I'm like, all right, didn't really expect uh, that one.
0: (laughs) If you're anything like me and Matt, I'm sure you thought that it was a mutant universe or something to do with the mutants because Bun writes the uncanny X-Men. So we all assumed it had something to do with mutants and it didn't.
1: It did not. But, I mean, Colin Bunn, he's very good at doing the the horror stuff. I read a Vertigo book he did, um, I think it was about a year ago, some wolf thing, and that was pretty okay. Um... So yeah, I don't know if I'm going to read it, but it's good for the people who like monsters, and I'm glad it's not an ongoing, because at, at yes. first I thought it was, and I'm just like, why?
0: But <laughs> if, uh, if anything, this kind of sounds the way they're pitching it, like a palate cleanser event, kind of like the same way uh, Pleasant Hill was, where it's like, look, it's not going to be heroes versus heroes, it's going to be heroes versus a very specific threat. In this case, it's all the monsters of the Marvel Universe, your devil dinosaurs and your... Uh, what is it? American Kaiju's and all these other crazy things. Uh, Fing Fang Foom was another one they mentioned, and you see in the promotional art, are going to attack New York, and all the heroes have to get together to stop them.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun event, um, yeah. and, and it, it's good not to have like everything that's a must read. It, it, I think it's something that you you don't have to read, but if you like it, go for it.
0: Yeah. Very uh, very kaiju movie, very monster movie, which is fitting because we had a trailer for the new Godzilla not too long ago. They're definitely riding that zeitgeist in a good way. Very true. Mm-hmm. Now our next piece of news here. This was a rumor, but it's now officially confirmed. Margot Robbie will develop a spin off Harley Quinn movie for the DC cinematic universe.
1: I think that's great. Um I Suicide Squad I take for what it was, you know. I I like pieces bag. of it. Yeah, yeah it's a mixed bag, yeah. Definitely a mixed bag.
0: Which I can definitely say, I can say out of all the DC cinematic movies that have come out so far, I had the most fun with it, which is definitely a step in the right direction. And whether you loved or hated the movie, the general consensus seemed to be, oh, well, we liked Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So it's cool to see her kind of get even more control over the character and get, you know, uh, take it in a whole new direction
1: yeah I agree, and also you know i 've seen interviews with her, and she seems just very excited about the character in general mm. um, and I like that suicide squad kind of pushed the female um, hero not even heroes but female characters a little bit more, even though en- enchantress wasn 't like the best villain. I like that she was a villain that was cool like we had a female villain katana didn't do much, but harley Harley was cool and I- and I think alone. She could be even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same thing too. It's like she was almost too big for that team and the script was already playing favorites. So it's like, well, geez, if he cared so much, why didn't you just make a Harley Quinn movie? <laughs>
1: exactly. Here's, I guess they had Testa test the waters.
0: I get, here's hoping too, maybe they'll put all that like character arc, character development stuff that clearly got cut out of Suicide Squad, maybe they'll put that in this actually and she can have a complete and full arc. Wouldn't that be nice?
1: That'd be very smart. I I'm I'm definitely hoping for the best for Harley Quinn. Um just I don't know for, when it's going to come out, though. It's going to be a while.
0: Well, I mean, it's just being developed now, so they're, like, literally just spitballing ideas.
1: 2030. <laughs> yeah, really.
0: You know, it's it's funny to think, you know, when we look at a Harley Quinn, and, I mean, DC editorial and the comics have even said it officially now. She is the new pillar right next to Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Justice League. Harley Quinn is now a new pillar of DC Comics, and I'm like, wow, from a character who started out on the cartoons as a sidekick, as a henchwoman, is now a pillar of their universe who consistently sells uh you know massive amounts to justify a spin-off movie all her own. Did you ever think we'd live in this day and age?
1: I definitely did not, but it's a good age to live in and it's cool also that I feel like just a lot of like non I guess comic book fans really like her. They do. Um,
0: it's very they do. interesting how non-comic fans are drawn to her. I know in my uh when we talked about the movie on the podcast when it came out I uh, made a very solid point of saying that when I went to go see the uh, movie in theaters, there were like older women, like women my mother's age, who came with Harley Quinn dyed hair, like the blue on one side, red on the other. And I'm like, what is going on here right now?
1: it's a new age of fandom but it's Clearly. a great great age of fandom to see more people like in heroes in general or yeah. villains I, and i don't know what to say about harley quinn anymore it's, it's, because it's he's true. more a hero <laughs>
0: it's true her morality kind of changes from book to book doesn't it? in suicide squad she's more of like uh like a villainous anti-hero she's more chaotic evil then when you read her own book you know she's you know hey she's more fluffy and funny and everything and she's closer to what she would call a hero but then you know they'll still do some gotham stories every so often where she's doing more evil things her her morality changes from book to book it is hard to nail her down
1: i hope they do in the next couple of years though but i think she'll be more of a hero now just just in general because i think a lot of, like you know little little kids are liking her now so yeah, i think oh, they're yeah. trying to soften her up a little bit
0: Oh yeah that uh, like, that like DC superhero girl show like I laughed uproariously when I saw them. like oh really Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are good characters on the show that's that's funny Which makes sense that they've softened them so much in the comics now and moved them into more anti-hero directions.
1: It makes sense, totally.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I I, I never thought I'd see the day, but it's kind of adorable in its own way because, you know, Harley's a character I've always liked, so it's fun to see her there. I can only imagine, because, again, we mentioned New York Comic Con, where we're both going to be and we're going to meet for the first time. What's your over-under? How many Harley cosplayers do you think there's going to be at New York Comic Con this year?
1: Like, every minute, I think we'll see one. Um, there's there's always going to be a lot, and I think we're going to see now Suicide Squad versions. At first, it's just like, who has the bigger hammer? I mean, that's usually, is like someone has a weird hammer uh-huh, or some uh-huh. other thing. But, uh, yeah, I think we're just going to see a lot of Suicide Squad versions. Um, yeah, there's just going to be a, a ton of cosplay. I mean,
0: I mean, you can buy all that from Hot Topic now. I thought it was hilarious I went to the drugstore and I was looking in the hair dye section for no particular reason. I was waiting to get pa- I was waiting to get passport photos taken because again I'm going on a trip soon. And I saw they literally had Joker branded and a Harley Quinn branded hair dye, just like in the drugstore hair dye section. I'm like, wow.
1: That's how mainstream like all these things are becoming. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah,
0: definitely. So yeah, I mean that's that's that movie for you. There, uh, we'll be sure to keep you posted on that one as more things develop. Uh, Now, a new story that you weren't even sure about until I put it down here, but uh, Marvel has already announced what their Christmas specials are going to be for this year. And we've got two special one-shots, one starring Gwenpool, wherein it looks uh, like she's going to be meeting Santa Claus and going on some crazy adventures. And the other one is a Heroes for Hire, Power Man, and Iron Fist Christmas special.
1: Well, I'm definitely excited for Heroes for Hire, because mm. I feel like that, be- especially with Power Man, Iron Fist, has become such a family book, and now it'll be kind of fun to oh, see yeah. with the Christmas stuff. Gwenpool. Uh, I-, I read the Christmas special last year. Which uh, was actually
0: Gwenpool. pretty solid. It was an anthology book. It just wasn't about her.
1: I didn't expect that though. I liked the stories, but I thought it was going to be about Gwenpool. So I'm reading it I'm like, yeah, cool, learn more about this character. And then I find out it's not even about her. So I'm hoping this one will be like either advertised that it's going to be Gwenpool or just say, hey, this is a Marvel Christmas special and Gwenpool might be in it. This one (laughs) looks
0: to be more about her. But yeah, I agree. The Christmas special last year they did with Gwenpool was a total swerve. You pick it up where it's like, okay, before her new series starts, you got to read about her to see what's going on. Oh, no, wait, it's an anthology story focusing on She-Hulk and lots of other people who show up to an Avengers Christmas party, and it's like, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, you didn't expect it. I feel like Gwenpool trolled me a lot mm. <laughs> during that. I, I remember I wrote a review about them. Like, I think Gwenpool uh, trolled me, <laughs> uh, but yeah. let's hope it doesn't happen again, uh, and we'll actually see like a good even amount of Gwenpool but I have a feeling it won't happen. But we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like what you said too about the heroes for hire, Power Man, and Iron Fist one. I've been loving that book currently. Like that's like my favorite book to champion right now from David Walker. I think it's so unique, so stylistic. It's got such a great, you know, kind of like sense of humor and like sense of warmth. Even you mentioned the family thing to, about it, which you wouldn't expect from a superhero book like this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy how those two characters have changed, but I think changed for the better. Um, I'm probably going to read Power Man, Iron Fist, and Trade just because I read it up to like issue 6 or something. And I had so many books, and especially with Marvel, they double ship and they oh, have yes. like 30 books coming out in a week. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to pick this up like later when it when it goes in Trade. But it was it's a very solid book, especially if you like that family aspect which but it's still Power Man and Iron Fist it's mm. still their book but they they add the family stuff pretty well
0: one of my favorite things about that book is that Luke Cage is going out of his way to not swear because he's got the kid around now and Jessica Jones made him promise not to swear
1: I love it I love it
0: meanwhile she still does it's like hey so you get to do it but I can't
1: hey Jessica Jones she, she has the power <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually you know, what's hilarious in another classic instance of I don't think Brian Michael Bendis reads other people's books uh, there was the response <laughs> Spider-Man number eight this week. Yep. And Luke Cage is swearing all over the place. I'm like, uh uh-uh, Bendis didn't read Walker's book, did he? He's not honoring That's- what's happening in that book.
1: I was literally thinking about that when when we were just talking about that because I read Spider-Man Issue 8 also. And like it was weird that, it, again, it was just Brian Michael Bendis' view of these characters, but not really the Power Man in every other comic that's going on mm-hmm. with Marvel with them in it, which again was the non-swearing and stuff like that.
0: Yep, As, uh, as we famously say on this show, and I have to give credit to Caitlin C. Monster for coining this term on an episode of the Comic Multiverse, Honey Bendis don't care. Honey Bendis don't do what he want
1: i love that totally
0: <laughs> she's getting those shirts made up for new york comic-con if you write her she might get you on <laughs> it's just I a picture of it. a honey badger with brian michael bendis's face on it honey bendis don't care
1: it'd be funny if brian michael bendis passes by too because oh. he's always walking the floor there it'd oh i hope
0: i hope that happens i really do i would love it he's like that's a great shirt i want one
1: I'm sure he would he's a he's a really good um, you know he's good with all that he's got a sense of humor oh totally I like Brian Michael Bendis but like again we I I see his flaws in his writing but issue eight wasn't his strongest issue of stuff (laughs) for Spider-Man
0: I I mean we, we end up talking about Bendis a lot on this show and he's definitely a roller coaster of a creator when he's good he's so good I agree. And when he's not, it's just like, ah, oh, come on, man, really? Especially now with, like, what's happening with uh, Civil War 2, where it's like, did you write this so long in advance and you didn't coordinate with anyone else? I think that's one of his flaws as a writer is because he puts out so much content. And he writes, so far in the future, eventually a lot of the stuff just uh, stops connecting.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man issue 8, which is his own title, is Mm -hmm. a big, I mean, that's a big example of that, where they're still talking about Hulk just died. I'm like, what? It's so disconnected. That was
0: months ago now.
1: Yeah, and that's why when you read it, it's like, oh, I guess I didn't really have to read this issue, which kind of sucks because it's it's miles. You want to read you want to read the book, but it just feels so out of place. Um, but yeah, Brian Michael Bendis. You know, I feel like there's always one good title from him, but then all the others is just like oh, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like my feeling will be like I think after um Civil War Two, Jessica Jones will be that title. It'll probably be the best one he has. That's then Guardians cool. won't be do- doing much, and then Iron Man won't be doing much, which I think Iron Man has fell down a lot since Civil War Two, but. But, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of his flaws. I wish he would focus on one or two books, and I he, think he could have great issues every every uh, you know month or whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I think his problem is just sheer volume, where it's like you just write too much, man. Pick one or two books you can really concentrate on and really give 110 to. Exactly. I also think he gets bored easily as a creator. I mean, look no further than his X-Men series, where the first two volumes are great. Then he's like, okay, I'm bored now.
1: I, I totally agree. I mean, all new X Men. I love that, and I love what he does with Kitty Pride and a lot of those characters. Um, and that's why I'm disappointed with Guardians. Like I, you know, with that title, I really liked it, and then it just fell through. Where like half the characters don't even interact with each other. It's always like these random. You could tell it's filler, and that and that kind of sucks. I uh,
0: I never read any of his Guardian stuff, even when it first started and was like you know quote unquote good. I'm surprised he stuck on that series for as long as he did, and he didn't pass it off to
1: anyone else. I think it's because of the characters that are there. Because he's, you know, we all know he's a huge Kitty Pride fan, and now Ben Grimm's on that title. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the reason. I would love, and I think he has an exclusive deal with DC. I would love Sam Humphries to write Ooh, Guardians. Ooh, that'd be a good fit. He did a good Star Lord. I mean, his run it was so good. I wish he could do it, but now. I mean, he's doing a good job with Green Lanterns, but still, I heck, I, I uh, want him there.
0: <laughs> heck, Orlando is locked down, too, but I think uh, he's got an eye for space opera. I think he'd be able to do a good Guardians, too, if you weren't locked in.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, DC in general, I mean, especially that's been some of the news stories during the the low weeks, but DC's been getting a lot of exclusive writers. I think oh, Tim yes. Seeley, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you said, Orlando, um, Humphreys, I'm pretty sure, is exclusive. So there's locked down, too. Mm-hmm, which I'm not surprised, because he's done... I think really only DC in in his indie stuff. But uh...
0: he wrote one special issue of like Death of Wolverine. I think it was like a Dawkins story he wrote. And the only reason he wrote that is because like the editor of the Wolverine books was a former DC editor. And he reached out to like (laughs) him and Marguerite Bennett and Celia and basically everyone that had worked for him previously and said, hey, you want to write one Wolverine book?
1: That's so funny. Yeah, I think that's the only thing he's ever done. Um, But I've been I think he's been doing a good job at detective oh, yeah. oh, i like yeah.
0: it oh yeah well we'll talk more about detective when we get to it but yeah That's detective fine. was great uh great this week uh another piece of news this technically came out from last week but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet and this this story is freaking nuts here i can't i cannot believe this one for the life of me fox is going to make a a action movie out of the life and times of stan lee
1: yeah i, I heard about that <laughs> um I don't think we need a Stanley movie uh, about, I mean, about him is great because, you know, he's lived a a, a good life. Very interesting life. Yeah, but I don't think we need an action movie. I think you should do like. um, An actual
0: uh, biopic.
1: Exactly, and like have someone obviously play him. He could make his own cameo, which would be great. Oh, Uh, god, yes, I would love that. But, like, uh, kind of like that Mary Poppins movie that came out. Like, I was thinking about that
0: Saving Mr. Banks, Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It could be like in that type of form, but it'd be about Stan Lee and Marvel. I think that'd do so well, but. What action moves is Stan Lee going to make? Is he going to be like a super spy? The next, um, you know, Bond? I don't know.
0: (laughs) I I think they were throwing around Kingsman when they were talking about it. Like they wanted to make a Kingsman style Stan Lee movie. And I'm like, why? His real life was interesting enough. You don't have to zhuzh it up.
1: Yeah, that's so weird. He was in the
0: Signal Corps in World War Two. He, you know, helped launch all these amazing heroes and moments in American history. You can't write like a movie around that. Like the movie basically writes itself.
1: Yeah, I can see that being like if they really work hard on it, like award-winning type movie. If they do, it'd be an Oscar movie if you Mm -hmm. did it right. Yeah.
0: Heck, he, he married a sassy British woman that he's been married to for all these years. I don't know if you've ever gotten to hear Stan Lee's wife talk, but she's kind of amazing. She's basically a real life Peggy Carter.
1: I haven't. I have to I have to look at some of those interviews. But yeah, like you just said, it I mean, he has a cool life in general. I think it's cooler to do a, a biopic on him. Hopefully mm-hmm. they change their mind or if this gets canned, because I think it'll get canned before it um, ever hits theaters, I hope.
0: There, there seems to be a genuine lack of interest for it. It's funny. I, I'm sure you saw it because it got tweeted around there. It was like a poster yeah. mock-up of a Stan Lee movie, and it was like, you know, uh, what is it? Brian Cranston is Stan Lee, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be that'd be a good fit. I could see that.
1: But not as an action star. Again, no. Brian Cranston as just Stan Lee. That'd be cool.
0: Let, let him be the drama version. And in fact, when you make that movie, you could cast all these other comic greats from that time period. You could mm-hmm. cast Jack Kirby and Jim Shooter and, you know, all these other guys you could have in there. How cool would that be? It could be like a dream team of character actors.
1: And also, I think it's a story that, I mean, not even a lot of comic book fans know about. Like, people that are reading comics mm-hmm. and don't know a lot about, like, the Silver Age and all that. I think it'd be Absolutely. interesting for people just to learn about and that's what biopics are all about
0: (laughs) heck get uh get uh what is it get the wolf of wall street guy in there get scorsese in there and do like the big crazy neon version of the story
1: let's see it i want to see this happen
0: see we're pitching a much better version of this movie right now than the movie we might get but yeah so there's there's the stan lee story from fox which in and of itself is kind of hilarious that fox would be making it not disney who has the relationship with marvel that they have
1: i know it's i mean fox they they just need more than x-men i guess they're just like let's do stanley
0: (laughs) fine then we don't get any of your superheroes we'll make a movie about your guy then (laughs) we'll do that you'll see Uh, yeah
1: you'll see how much of a blockbuster that one is (laughs)
0: Uh, so, moving away from uh, the Marvel side of things, we got some interesting uh, DC movie news over here. We got our first look this week at the tactical Bat suit for, assumedly, the next live action Batman movie they're going to be doing.
1: It looked cool. I don't know yeah. if I had much of a comment because it wasn't that amazing, but it was cool. That's
0: <laughs> that's the thing. At this point, we've seen so many Bat suits. At this point, some good, some bad, some excellent. That really, it's just like, well, if it looks like Batman, then you did a good job. If not, exactly. I, I can only harp on the things you got wrong. And obviously, the things everyone is harping on is the goggles, because they're like, guys, in seventy-five years, Batman never wore goggles. Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel here and essentially make him look like a Night Owl from Watchmen?
1: That's Warner Brothers for you. Yeah, that's probably why they're like, hey, you know that Watchmen movie we made? <laughs> <That was pretty laughs> we, good. we can. It was good. Let's let's make Batman that. <laughs>
0: Also, the fact too with the goggles. You know who did wear goggles though? Owlman, the evil crime syndicate version of Batman.
1: Maybe that's what they're going for. That's that's the whole Batman movie. His crime syndicate.
0: That's the twist at the end of Justice League. They're like, you know what? Justice is stupid. Crime is great. Let's become the crime <laughs> syndicate of America, everybody.
1: Yeah, you see that? You see that smile Ben Affleck gave in the, in the trailer? That's because he knows he's he's evil. <laughs> you
0: know what? Bats are stupid. Owls are great. I've decided.
1: Oh, man. Can't wait for that cliffhanger.
0: (laughs) And then, you know, we go over to another universe, and it's like Brandon Routh and, like, Michael Keaton and everything, and they're the real Justice League, and it's like, we have to stop these evil doppelgangers.
1: I would would see that movie, though. I think I would see it more than... I'm excited to see Justice League and the, <laughs> and then this then you, version.
0: And then you call it Justice League Crisis, but we need help. Who will help us? Then Grant Gustin as the Flash oh comes God. running in. I'll help you.
1: Yes, give us that. I'll, I'll take Grant Gustin any day.
0: <laughs> like, people would be so confused, like your average moviegoer, but comic fans would be like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen. Yeah, the craziest,
1: crazy, the craziest thing to ever happen, but uh, greatest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's not a bad costume at this point. Like I've said, I've kind of exhausted things to say it looks like a Batsuit. I like the material looks more like armor and less like a basketball.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All I'll say is thumbs up.
0: <laughs> there you go. Of course, the problem, too, is like you know when they say the tactical suit, I'm like, is he going to wear this for the entirety of his movie or is he only going to wear it for a certain scenario? And if so, why are you making a big deal out of a costume he might only wear for a
1: couple minutes? I guess because Batman Day was this week mm. and they're just like, why not show his suit? Mm. Wait, this one's not ready. All right, we'll show the one that's going to appear for a minute. Good that, plan.
0: That's That actually makes a lot of sense. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to take Batman Day anymore, too. It's like, look, I work in comics. They're my bread and butter. I read them every day. Every day is Batman Day to me.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like a lot... I think someone asked me, oh, are you going to do anything for Batman Day? I'm like, I just reviewed, like, three Batman comics this week. That's exactly. enough.
0: <laughs> I, I literally can't make Batman any more special on my channel. We had All-Star. We had Detective. We had Batgirl and the Birds of Prey starring Batman. There's really... Yeah. We're, we're at maximum Batman. There can be no more Batman.
1: I think I reviewed the same books and, and then I added Teen Titans too because I had to do a Tim. So I think I I read every um, and, and reviewed every Batman book this week. It's true.
0: It's tr- it, It's hard to get comic uh, critics on YouTube and in other mediums to get excited about Batman when we're already devoting so much time to Batman.
1: Hey, hey I love Batman. You too. But- I don't have to celebrate him on the day. I Look, think the only hero I'll do that with is Spider-Man. Is like, all right. There you go. There's never enough Spider-Man. Me, me, me <laughs>
0: and Batman are tight, man. Me, me and Batman, <laughs> we know what's going on. I I don't need to do anything special for his birthday. We we can Netflix and chill, me and Batman. That's all exactly. good.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think Batman wants a day, you know. Spider-Man, he, he's He's a, he's a guy who's like, yeah, I could I could have a day. He's like Flash. I, I'm cool with a day. But Batman, he likes living in the shadows. He doesn't want a day.
0: <laughs> J- uh, Jerry Duggan had a funny one there on Twitter where he's just like, you know, well, what about Superman Day? How come Superman doesn't get a day? That's
1: true, though. Why doesn't Superman have a day? I think every other hero does. <laughs> you, would,
0: you would think being the original one, like the case zero hero from which all others uh, draw from. I know everyone made a big deal about his 75th birthday like last year. Mm-hmm. But we yeah, had a
1: Superman, American Alien at least. That was amazing book.
0: That was that was excellent. That's definitely going to be on one of my best of the year lists when I eventually make that one up.
1: Me too. I think so. I, I can't I can't see any other books really beating it. I mean, there is definitely a lot of good books this week, but I mean, this week, this uh, this year, but American Alien blew me away, and I mm-hmm. think Supergirl, that new one that's coming out, is going to be very similar. And I'm so excited for yes. that.
0: Yeah, American series. American Alien is definitely on my list, and Paul Dini's uh, Dark Knight: of True Batman Story is on on that list if I didn't, didn't get
1: to read that yet I'm oh gonna have you'll,
0: to. you'll love it it's excellent if you're a fan of Batman the Animated Series and just Dini as a personality you'll love that one
1: I'm excited to read that I'm it's, gonna have to buy it
0: it's really good especially if you're well versed in the Batman the Animated Series history because he mm-hmm. benches this story from his life in what he was doing on the show so he says, like you know, we were this season in, we were just about to write *Mask of the Phantasm*, and then this horrible thing happened to me, and you jump off from there, and like all the people you know, like Dwayne McDuffie and Bruce Tim, they're characters in the book.
1: Oh, that's so cool. That's so different too. Oh, I, it's super I definitely different. have to pick it up.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. It's *Vertigo*. Like it, it like it feels like such a substantial book. It's one of the best non-Batman Batman stories you'll ever read, and interestingly, because it's Vertigo, it's Batman showing up in the Vertigo imprint, which he normally doesn't do. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very different. Batman's been showing up in different imprints. I think he'd had IDW for a couple of things, That's Gotham right. Academy's doing that, so DC sharing the love.
0: Yeah, as they should. Uh, the last piece of news here we had was also Batman-related, and that is, hey, we kind of sort of got our first look at Jim Gordon. It was black and white and far away, but that was clearly Jim Gordon.
1: Yeah, from what you saw, it was cool, right? Like, I liked it. I'm actually really excited for J.K. Simmons to play uh, Jim Gordon. Me too. It's good casting. And- I mean, at the same time, though, we've seen so much with Jim Gordon and Batman, in, in especially the live-action stuff. I'm like, what else can you do? I still think that these Batman movies have missed the mark on the Bat family. Like, they never showcase them. They don't. Why don't you do those movies? Like, I want to see Barbara Gordon, and obviously there might be Jason Todd or whatever. I want to see these characters. Also, uh, Ryan Potter just did a video wanting to be Tim Drake. Let me see him. Uh, there's so many characters they could do that Absolutely. they haven't done in the movies, but Jim Gordon I've seen a billion times already.
0: It's It's mind-boggling that we're so far into this like superhero renaissance that we're in right now and no one has been brave enough to take the dive on like kid sidekicks
1: i don't know why i think especially the bat family and you have so many awesome sidekicks there you
0: you wrote the book on it basically
1: yeah yeah
0: it's it's shocking and then like you see the success of stuff like oh you know hey here's here's hit girl over in the kick-ass movies wasn't she everyone's favorite Clearly you can make a kid's sidekick work and have it be awesome, this little kid beating up a bunch of adults. Why don't you run with that idea?
1: And especially with DC, who's, you know, a little bit darker than Marvel, like, they, they could do so much stuff with that. And I feel like, especially also with DC, they're trying to, like, I think they're doing, trying to, uh, you know, bring the female hero to the mm. forefront. And Batman has so many cool female heroes. Oh, yeah. And again, I mean, male hero sidekicks, Robin, all the Robins. Uh, but you can even, like, I still think they should have Stephanie Brown in the TV universe. I don't know why they haven't done that. Gotham is one answer. Uh, but there's,
0: a, there's the rumor <laughs> flying around there that apparently Dan DiDio doesn't like Stephanie. Stephanie brown that's the rumor
1: i could i could understand that rumor because i mean i love stephanie but i'm i think that dc doesn't really know what to do with her but at least they're trying with detective they really are which I mean, stephanie's one of my favorite characters she, so that's she's the
0: best she's been for a while in the pages of detective right now which i also enjoy
1: but she still needs more screen time, which I think they're doing, actually. They're going to do, a um, like, a, a spotlight story just on her, which is so great.
0: As as we'll explain when we get into what we read this week, which, in fact, we're going to right now. Uh, the Detective Comics team is down a member right now.
1: They are. Oh, man. that I have so many mixed feelings about this. I have so many mixed feelings about this book because I, I like that, you know, Tim Drake died, quote-unquote. I really like the ending, because you're like, who's next to them? I hope it's Cassie and Superboy, because that'd be cool, because I feel like we haven't seen the real versions of them. Or it could be, you know, JSA, because we haven't seen them, or like Booster Gold or some some random person. But um, the thing I didn't like is that I felt like some of the emotion was off, because we found out in the end what happened, um, like even that, and I love Stephanie, like I just stated, she's one of my favorite heroes. And then I felt like some of the emotion was off with her in Batman. Like they had this weird panel where they're reaching for each other with their hands. I'm like, where did that come from? Then they go into a hug, which, again, it was emotional, but maybe because they're trying to get into this crossover, which I think the crossover is really ruining a lot of momentum with the Bat books, uh, especially Batman, which ended so well. Abruptly, with the Goth- yeah. it's So abruptly with the Gotham girl thing, and it's so good, and then they're just like, let's do this crossover. Uh, but, yeah, I-, I felt like it was a very solid book, but there's some dialogue things, and also I hate that Kate's, father is a villain i still don't think it makes sense <laughs> well
0: i mean I, I actually went back and reread elegy just recently which is probably one of the best batwoman stories i i always felt that they were foreshadowing like uh like something of a villainous turn in him being like look we both fight crime but we have two radically different philosophies it's so hardcore
1: like yeah. i feel like he's a little two-dimensional the way he does it though like i don't i feel like i want more from him i feel like it's such a hardcore villain like yeah. There's no humanity there. Well, I don't they know. gave
0: him a bit of sympathy when he found out the drones were going after Rob. And he's like, no, no, no. I wanted to kill people, but I wanted to kill the right people, though. Call them off, General.
1: No, that's true. That is true. I, I mean, hopefully, I, I'm sure we're going to see more of him because this is pretty much Kate's book. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it was a it was a ballsy way to go with his character. Oh,
0: definitely. And, you know, part of the fun of turning them bad is, you know, you get to turn them good again at a point. Very true. Which I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Now I guess the big revelation too, and again this is this is spoiler talk, everyone. So if you and by spoiler I mean spoiling the book, not spoiler the character. <laughs> I, I know it can be confusing because she's in this book, but you know if you don't want to hear like the big final bits of it, just skip ahead two minutes and we'll be done. But the big reveal at the end of this is, of course, Tim didn't really die, but he's being kept uh, kept hostage by Mister Oz, who is the mystery villain who we've seen be- harassing Superman in Action Comics. Clearly his reach is much bigger now because he's now crossed over and started messing with the Bat family. Do we think he's going to start crossing over and messing with more people in more books now?
1: I think he's in Superwoman, I think. Um, I think Batgirls and Birds of Prey, that could be him too because of the Oracle stuff. Possibly. Um, yeah, I think we're definitely going to see that. I, I, this is definitely going to turn ahead. I don't really know when, but this issue was a big push. This is one, I mean, oh, yeah. this is one of DC Rebirth's biggest issues since the special Definitely. Uh, yeah it's, it's huge it really is huge um and i'm not surprised it's tim you know tim uh, especially with Detective, was starting to really make what his life used to be. Um, mm. He wasn't going to be a Robin, which kind of is in Tim's character. Like, he, he out of all the Robins, could have turned not to be a superhero, which I think in Red Robin, they did that for a little while. Um, And then being closer to Stephanie and all that stuff, uh, it makes a lot of sense. He
0: got rid of his stupid vulture wings. Thank God. I, <laughs> I hated those wings so much. Man... Teen Titans when it started in the new fifty two had some butt ugly costumes, didn't they? They
1: did. I I could never get. I love Teen Titans. I could never get into that. Any of the runs, really. I I just did not like it because their personalities weren't even there. Um, Tim also like they tried, but it wasn't there.
0: I I like this idea too, of setting up Mister Oz as like a universe wide villain. And of course, there's all sorts of theories kicking around with the character. Is the Oz short for Ozzy Mendez? Is he, because he's a bald guy wearing a green cloak, could he possibly be old 52 Lex Luthor back again? There's a lot of interesting theories with him.
1: Yeah, I think either way, DC's got to really surprise us, and I love that it's becoming more that the world is connected. I think Mm -hmm. that was the biggest problem with New 52, is that it wasn't, but now these stories are showing, like, this is connected, this is connected. Even, uh, they just recently um, said that they're going to have a holiday special. Like, I don't really remember the last time DC's done something like that.
0: Not in many, many years. The last one they did was a Valentine's Day special, I believe.
1: Yeah, and I think it was all like Harley Quinn related, I think. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. like Harley, it, I think Harley Quinn a, was in it.
0: Harley got her own holiday special. They also did like an anthology one that was like Batgirl and her gangbanger boyfriend she was seeing for a second in the Gail Simone run and like Superman and Wonder Woman. I never even read it. I think I just read the Gail Simone bit and that was it.
1: Yeah, I think I, I definitely read it. I I feel like Lois may have been in it or maybe that was I'm, the time I'm when sure I did review
0: Antarctica. it. I think you and I were like the only two who actually covered it
1: i think so uh, i but it's so hard to remember because was so many years ago now and that yep. proves like how long ago it's been since they've done that
0: <laughs> the thing people might forget who are younger comic readers dc used to do all sorts of holiday specials they would do like halloween specials and christmas specials they were all about it really in the last little bit they've just given it to harley and she's just been doing the seasonal ones
1: yeah it's, it's just great to see the the universe connecting again
0: definitely definitely i could not agree more uh I, I, I guess, you know, we both exhausted Detective there. What else did you read this week that you enjoyed?
1: Oh, man, I read a lot. I would say this was kind of a weaker week for me, though. Like, uh, But the, the book I enjoyed the most was uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink, which yeah. I saw that you reviewed
0: it. Yeah, yeah. How much, How fun is that book?
1: It's so good. And what I love about it is that I think even more than the the current Mighty Morphin Power Rangers book, it fleshes out Kimberly's character so well oh, that yeah. her friendships mean something. Even her mom actually mm-hmm. is a character mm-hmm. here. Um, the villains are characters, and it actually Definitely. brings up the stakes. I know that some people's problems with this issue, I read a few reviews, is that, oh, it, it felt slow, like the plot didn't go anywhere. I'm like, that's the point, because now you care about the characters. So when we do get to that point... Like it'll mean something, we and, I, and that's stakes. important. Yeah, the stakes were heightened here. I love that, and artwork's just gorgeous. Ah, oh, such a good book.
0: These uh, <laughs> these new Power Ranger comics do such smart things, throwing in ideas that I always asked myself as a kid, and like questions I always asked myself, and that is like, how how do the main villains keep their monsters loyal? And in this issue, the monster didn't stay loyal at all. Once, uh, once the fish guy found out that uh, Goldar had gone rogue against Rita and Zed, he's like, "Well, I'm not working for you anymore." <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it, I love the spin on the, the villains because they're always so two-dimensional and, and I think it also brings up to the point where when you have a fight in the show, it's always like one episode and then you have the Zords come out and, and this, when you get the Zords out, hopefully we will, it will mean something. It's like, yes, this is finally here and Kimberly's the leader of this. It's mm-hmm. it's so awesome and so different and it's actually, again, fleshing out. And- these characters. And
0: talk about great use of continuity, bringing back the sword of light, bringing mm-hmm. back the old Shogun Zords that have uh, that Goldar Frankensteined into a new War Zord. That's just like that. That tickles my heart and makes it feel like all those you know Power Rangers facts that I committed to memory. I'm like, oh good, it means something now because Brendan Fletcher would write a story 20 years later about it.
1: I want this to be an ongoing so bad. I want the ending to be open-ended where Kimberly's like, yeah, I am like a secret Power Ranger. I'm like, I could deal with that. <laughs>
0: That'd be cool. That'd be cool. You know, heck, I would like a mini-series about any of these other Rangers to help fill in the dots of what happened when they stopped. I think that's so cool, and it's something the show never, never, ever tackled.
1: They couldn't, yeah. it's 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 really, I think this is a really cool age... To live in if you're a power rangers fan Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if the movie's gonna be that way but (laughs) i think at least the comics are (laughs)
0: enjoy the comics written by fans who remember you know what my pitch would be for another power rangers miniseries i would want to see power rangers blue follow billy after he left earth because uh yost got probably one of the worst write-offs in that show's history where he's like oh hey i went to aquatar the alien planet i met someone i'm gonna stay here bye and then they never mention him ever again
1: yeah, they could do a lot with him. I mean, all I mean all the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers have so much story. Even with Trini, um, mm-hmm. and Trini's never really at the spotlight in the show. But now with the comic, they're really showing the little oh, details God. we got from the show and really um, hiding her character. So hopefully, I would like to see a Trini and Zach miniseries. Uh-huh. Next. They
0: they gave Trini so much backstory in just a couple panels, more than they ever gave her in like a season and a half of a show.
1: It's so true. Uh, she does. She deserves more.
0: She does. I, I always liked Trini. I was a Trini fan. Sad, too, because Thui Trang, the actress, she's not with us anymore.
1: Yeah, it is very sad, but at least her legacy could, you know, live on with these comics, which in, is indeed, great. Indeed,
0: indeed. You get to live forever in that regard. Uh, oh, what else did I read? It was uh, it was a big week. It's hard to keep track of all these It was a big books.
1: week, but I feel like it was underwhelming. I don't know if you felt the same way. Like, I was underwhelmed with a lot of comics this week.
0: But, I mean, for me, because, and I'm sure you have this problem, too, we read so much, it's easy for, like, one to bleed into another, to bleed into another.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Oh, uh, All-Star Batman, I mean, I guess we might as well talk about that. That was definitely one of the biggest titles of this week.
1: It is. I, I see because I have um, you know my friends on Frontline line too um, where we're not well. Me and my friend Mike Spider Slayer, um, mm-hmm. we're not like Y'all start Batman as much because of the, the how it's not linear storytelling. And I f- I think for me it was felt really crowded this issue. So it's, and I, it's
0: very Fargo. It's very Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction. You're not wrong.
1: Yeah, and that, that's not my type of thing. I, I think I might skip this arc and then go to the next one because I'm also not a John Romita Jr. fan. So I'm just like, you know what? This arc is probably just not for me.
0: <laughs> you see, i I have lots of reasons to love this one. This actually ticks a lot of my boxes. For one, it's a celebration of D-list uh, Batman villains. So you get to see your Killer Crocs and your Amigulas and like Cheshire shows up and uh, Copperhead, but like the female Copperhead from the video game making her first ever canon appearance in this book.
1: Yeah, there is definitely a lot. But again, there are so many of them. I wanted just one to be focused on. It's like they all just made like mini cameos. But yeah, it is cool to see like D-list Batman villains because you always see the... A list Batman villains show mm. up, so it's kind of cooler to see Scott Snyder widen the the world a bit oh, yeah. more.
0: I mean, geez, they treat KG Beast like the biggest threat ever. Did you ever <laughs> think that would be a thing?
1: Never thought that was possible.
0: Yeah, they make KG Beast out to be like the coolest dude who ever lived. uh The other thing I liked about this issue is that it actually offered some explanation of why Two Face is acting so weird, and the reason they give I thought was quite clever and a very Scott Snyderian piece of writing where he says, you know, well every other time Two-Face came about and was doing two themed crimes, that was like the Harvey Dent personality trying to get caught and trying to get sent back to Arkham, but this newer more evil Two-Face, this is the dark side of his personality fully manifesting.
1: Yeah, I like that. I I think again, if it was linear, I would get even more from that. If it was like more from Two-Face's point of view, like it was such a cool mention, I want to see that played out even more, and I'm yeah. sure it will be, but
0: Yeah. I I I dug that one, or at least I'm digging it. I should say. What else did you uh, have this week that you want to talk about? Um,
1: I guess one book I was actually surprised with this week was Green Lanterns because I feel like that's been on and off. And I love, again, I love Sam Humphrey's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally, I liked Baz and Jessica. Usually, I just like Jessica because I think she's the <laughs> better developed character. But um, Boz, he he was really cool because they're actually building a friendship, and and this is also bu- builds up tension that Jessica couldn't make a construct, yeah, but yeah. she overcame that, and um, I thought it was a really solid book. I liked it a lot, um, and I thought the art improved because I think some of the artwork and previously there's some sketchiness to it, yeah. some of the facial expressions, but here is a lot more solid.
0: You you can tell with the faster turnaround rate for this DC book that, uh, or for these DC books in general, that a lot of the artists are feeling overtaxed. So you can tell mm-hmm. that okay this this is the corner cutting issue. Oh,
1: totally, totally. But yeah, this was... Uh this is definitely more of an issue that I think they were building up to and uh, I think now they're going to do some like more one shot ones where it's like oh they have a family dinner which is cool though because it's building up those characters and again I think Sam Humphries is really good at those like relationship mm-hmm. comics which I love so uh, I think they're, they're going to be fun either way and that builds a friendship which is very important for this book.
0: Absolutely especially because it's like it's a buddy cop book and you know what I was out of Green Lantern for so long because you know the mythology had become so dense and mm-hmm. so layered and I had missed so many runs in between this is such a great fresh start and this is definitely the one green lantern book that i am reading even if i'm reading it slower but i am reading it
1: yeah it's uh it's a it's a cool book and uh, I, I like it more than the Hal jordan one right now just because that's not really my thing like you just said it's very well honestly with Hal jordan i think they're just repeating a lot of stories because it's like sinestro versus Hal. i'm like oh my god we've seen this way too many times with jeff john's run which he did it great but let's see something different which mm-hmm. green lanterns is that's what it's offering
0: Yeah, there's definitely a freshness and a newness to it. Uh, One book I read this week, I don't know if you got a chance to cover Mm -hmm. it or not, because it's actually outside the DC Marvel purview because it's its own imprint now. Doom Patrol, number one from the Young Animal imprint.
1: I did read it, and uh, I want to hear your thoughts first.
0: It is incredibly weird, but then again, Doom Patrol was always weird. So in a way, it's kind of living up to the, uh, what is it, to what was set previously. What did you think?
1: Yeah, no, that was literally my thoughts. It was like, "Oh my god, this is weird. I don't know if I like how weird it is, but uh I will say cause I I dabbled in Doom Patrol, but I've never been like a huge Doom Patrol fan. So I don't really know a lot of the characters. Like I know Rita and like th- those type of characters like more mm-hmm. of the the bigger ones. But here I don't think they introduce the characters well for people and there's a lot of people I think just read this to read this yeah. because of the writer too. Like my chemical romance there's a huge, you know, fan base for that. I'm sure comic readers or people that aren't comic readers pick this up. Yeah. And it was a little confusing and i feel like casey should have been that character to be all right this is what the world is but because of her
0: character yeah
1: exactly but because of her personality like she was all like oh cool this is happening and she's so accepting it didn't help the reader find out what's going on
0: this is this is definitely a book that assumes you know a lot about doom patrol going into it it's not a great jumping on point in that regard especially because it treats characters like robot man and the chief and danny the street they have like these big huge fanfare moments where the book is basically nudging you being like ah ah you remember these characters ah ah, aren't they cool i remember them yes but if you're a new reader you're going to be completely lost
1: yeah, and again, a lot of new readers are going to read this. I, I'm sure of it. Um, or even people that just didn't really read Doom Patrol like me. Obviously, mm. I'm not a new reader, but I just didn't really get into the franchise. And uh, I've only dabbled, but here it definitely should explain more. But I'm going to give the next issue a try. I think it definitely gave me enough. Uh,
0: to uh, to give some credit to Gerard Wade, obviously he's a huge fan of Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison having you know the landmark run on Doom Patrol that everybody remembers. Wade does a good job mimicking a younger Grant Morrison. I will give him that. He definitely captures that aesthetic in his writing.
1: Definitely. feels very Morrison, and and I think that's dividing, though, because some people love Morrison and some people don't. I'm always in... Like, I like some of Morrison's runs, but he does tend to go weird for me. <laughs>
0: Heck, I, I think people would argue Morrison made more sense in his Doom Patrol days when he was younger and he's making less sense now as he gets older.
1: I can agree with that.
0: <laughs> what was multiversity about, guys? Explain that in one sentence. I don't know.
1: No one knows. The, people write comics about themselves, I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Morrison's the master of that. He's been writing himself into his own work since Animal Man.
1: Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Like, if you like that that run, I I think it it stays true, which is, it's a cult book, so it should stay true to being a cult book.
0: Yeah, if if you have a particular Doom Patrol itch, I think this one will scratch it. Uh, What else did you have going on this week?
1: Um, Talking about, I guess, a a book that I really like in general, but it's not DC or Marvel, Lady Killer. Um, It was really solid this week, and if you haven't read it, it's pretty much the Suburban Housewives, being a, an assassin and she's running her own business right now of being an assassin and everyone wants her it's like hey you know we have a union for assassins you want to <laughs> join and the art from joelle jones just um, beautiful and amazing and it fits this con you know this um contrast of housewife assassin uh in her very
0: assa- mr and mrs smith
1: oh yeah very mr and mrs smith um i think it goes even farther and mr and mrs smith but I-, I love contrast type books like that so mm-hmm. if you're not reading it, it's a really solid read
0: I'm, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I like her little pillbox hat. It reminds me a lot of Jackie O or Dr. Girlfriend from uh, Venture Brothers.
1: Oh, yeah, it totally goes that route. Um, yeah, and there's a trade. It's a, The second one, I, I do think you have to read the first volume first, and the advertisement is not great because on the comic it just says Lady Killer, so you don't know this is the second volume. So mm. I think they should say this is the second volume because you do need to read right. the first volume to understand it.
0: <laughs> one of the volumes here i'm looking at is called uh, feel the crazy
1: <laughs> oh man it's it's so good oh, i can't i hope that it becomes ongoing it just needs to it's it, it's it,
0: beautiful it, it looks beautiful yeah i'm looking at the art right now and you're right it does that contrast for like you know really beautiful suburban scenes and like you know quick shots of bloody violence and everything that does look cool
1: no i think you'll like it joel uh it it may get a trade for it
0: (laughs) there there you go everyone who complains we don't talk about enough indie books here on the comic multiverse there you go this is why you get cat everybody
1: (laughs) get some indie books that's
0: why you get that get your indie books in there uh Another DC one I read this week that also did the kind of nonlinear time structure thing. I don't know if you kept up with this one or not, but Deathstroke has actually been quite interesting under Christopher Priest. I
1: have read it. You know, I there, I feel like this is another book because, I, again, I like linear storytelling a little bit more, but uh, I... I- I see the potential. The artwork's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And I like Rose is being added to this. I love the yes. family dynamics. But the oh, other characters yes. need to be explained, I think. The other characters, I don't know who they are. And I'm like, what are you doing? I need, I need more information. But... I think if it becomes more linear, it could become a really good book.
0: <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because it starts off as like the most cliche, seen a million times, Deathstroke story ever. And that is, oh, someone from my old army unit may have betrayed me and I need to find them. And I'm like, seriously, Slade, who, who in your army unit hasn't betrayed you at this point? It feels like everybody has done it.
1: Exactly, but now, now they're at least again family stuff that's always I think is the really good way to tackle debt mm-hmm. that that, stroke' Cause that's the most interesting part about it you I mean, so many sons and and one daughter, but uh they they have such a uh, interesting, weird mm. relationship. Oh, yeah. The
0: the family stuff is great, and what I really appreciate about the family stuff in this book is they finally given his wife more to do than ever before. Oh, yeah. To where now they've reframed uh, Deathstroke's famous origin as kind of like, oh, she was running out looking for him and everything during the time that their son... Uh, Jericho Joey got kidnapped and I like they're they're showing you all this stuff from the past and you're like oh wow they had a really dysfunctional family then you remember oh wait I actually know how this story ends he gets his eye shot out his son gets his neck slit this is where they're going with this and they're actually going to retell that story here and now
1: yeah I think this is definitely more of payoff book like you'll read it and you won't understand it when you're reading these issues that's why i'm holding on to it because i think in the end it will totally pay off and hopefully become more linear but uh yeah i've been i've been again on the fence with it but definitely i'm definitely want to read more
0: (laughs) i i never thought that i would actually enjoy a deathstroke book and i think that speaks volumes about the dc rebirth throw you know good teams and good people on books like this to make it work How do you feel that apparently they're going to be retelling the Judas contract in the not-too-distant future? That's going to be a big event between this Deathstroke book and that new Teen Titans book.
1: Yeah, and also because of that movie coming out, too. That
0: Um, too. It it ties. mm. Isn't that funny how the timing worked out?
1: Oh, yeah. It's very funny. Uh, I think it's great because... uh, I think it's a time period, especially where new readers haven't read that book, but it's yeah. obviously a very important story. So uh I, I like it. I hope they do some different stuff. That way old readers who know the story, you know, it makes it a little different.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh what what else did you have going on this week that you want to talk about?
1: Um I guess I could talk about Superwoman. Um, I loved the first issue. Honestly, it was my favorite um, DC Rebirth issue, but then I read the second issue, and I felt like it was all over the place, and I, I love the idea that Lana is Superwoman, and, and I, I like what they're doing. I like her relationship with Steel, but there was so much going on in one issue, and I, in mm. a problem that they had with the first issue that wasn't as big was how many panels are on one page, Definitely. but it became a major problem in issue two. O- obviously still very excited to see where it goes, because I think it has a lot of potential, but issue one was so much better than this issue and i'm upset because i loved issue one and i want to love this series because as again has a lot of potential
0: hecka this second issue actually moved the story of luthor's sister further than before you thought she was comatose but no apparently
1: yeah that was interesting uh didn't see
0: that coming
1: again tv show of supergirl is gonna have her on there so i'm sure they're doing it for Mm, a reason (laughs) what,
0: what are the odds of that huh
1: Exactly. That's how DC works. It's (laughs)
0: almost like these things all tie together. And I guess because you talked about Superwoman, we can talk about action comics too from this week. Uh, This one told the story of the, I've been calling him the spare Clark Kent or the extra Clark Kent. (laughs) Because you don't know if he's real or fake yet. So it's just like, well, he's a spare. He's an extra they got laying around. They started telling his story and how even he's beginning to put two and two together and be like, a lot of the stuff from my story doesn't make sense and doesn't add up. (laughs)
1: Yeah, with, uh, with this story, I think at least it picks up the pace. Uh, I do like action more in Superman, which is weird, because at first I like Superman more than action, but I think Superman was so slow with the Eradicator story. But I think that's been the problem with the Superman and books in general. Um, if you're a hardcore 90s uh, Superman fan, you oh, will love yeah. what's going on. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> how 90s is it? Juergens is literally writing Superman again.
1: Exactly. That's how 90s it is. Uh, and for me, like I like Superman, but I'm not a hardcore Superman fan. I'm like a hardcore Superman family fan because I love Supergirl and, like, Superboy. But Clark, like, I like him, but he's not, like, my favorite uh, superhero. And I think... It's slow. It's really, really slow on um, this book, but i are definitely uh,
0: building a mystery. I just hope that mystery has a good payoff at the end of things.
1: Exactly, and I and I think it also has to do with the double shipping. It's like, oh, we need mm-hmm. to fill this up. Uh, I guess we could just say this here and not really move the plot, give, but that's fine. Give <laughs>
0: fake Clark a whole story, really? Isn't that going to seem like a waste of time? No, no, no. Give him, a, give him his own story and see where that goes.
1: Yeah, his whole, his whole own arc. That's what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I like this issue more than the prolonged doomsday story. Because I think that could have been, like, four issues and not as long as it was. But it was still fun.
0: They definitely made it into an epic, but at least it was shorter than the actual death of Superman. <laughs> that
1: is true. <laughs> that is true.
0: Man, how weird is that, Jurgens being like, hey, I wrote the original death of Superman, and now I get to go back and kind of go to that well again in 2016. Didn't think this would happen.
1: It's cool because you get a new modern version of that, and then you have, like, John, you know, Jonathan, who's just amazing. I really mm-hmm. like his character. Oh, me it's too. Cute.
0: Like his so costume, cute. too. His costume's really good.
1: Yeah, I want to see more of him. I want to see like Lois better used in this book um, also. like I, I like that they're putting her in the forefront, but they haven't dealt with the family stuff as much. But I'm hoping Superman now will do that because they're, again, done with the Eradicator story mm, if, so uh, far.
0: If I was Lois, I would have kept the Hellbat armor and just wore it every day.
1: Oh, man. It, it would be like uh, Renew Your Vows, what's coming up with Spider-Man, except with Superman, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets her own costume.
0: Imagine how much work you would get done if you just kept that Hellbat armor. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't need these books to be prolonged because Lois will just, you know, defeat all the battles. Yeah, deals with it, exactly.
0: Didn't they make a point of saying in the original Tomasi story with the Hellbat armor that it, like, slowly kills Batman over time or something? That was, like, their reason for why he couldn't just use it all the time for every fight?
1: Maybe it doesn't for Lois, though. It's like, yeah, but Lois is the exception. because She's special, that. that. Yeah, she's special. (laughs)
0: Look, if I can live with Superman, I can use the Hellbat armor without it slowly killing me.
1: I would love that, though. I think that'd be fun. Like, again, it, it's not reasonable for storytelling-wise, but why not?
0: <laughs> I just I just want to see Batman show up at uh, Kent Farm or White Farm because they're not using the name Kent anymore. I just want to see Batman show up and be like, give me back my armor.
1: <laughs> and then Lois is like, no.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> like, he's <"You>, all right. <laughs> be like, you want to take it from me? No, not really. Batman away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a book I need to read.
0: <laughs> and little Jonathan being like, mom, did Batman just come here? Yeah, but he's gone now. He does that.
1: And then Jonathan's like, "You go, Mom. You're you're the best mom ever." And she's like, "Yeah, I know. I just defeated Batman."
0: <laughs> Never turn away from Batman, cause he'll disappear.
1: So exactly. And then again, who can defeat Batman?
0: Lois. <laughs> no one would have seen it coming, that's why oh. it was great. Uh, what else did you have? I'm nearing the end of mine. I, uh, I actually was kinda of dragging ass this week, so there's a couple I haven't even gotten a chance to read yet, but what else did you want to talk about?
1: Um, I, could, I, t- I read a lot this week, but one book I guess I could talk about, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. which I Yes, I, think I read this one too. It's been a pretty solid book. I think this one slows things down, but uh, I, you know, who I wanted more from Jim Gordon and Batgirl. Yeah, it's like he had so much potential there, and it just kind of fizzles out. I'm like, no. But I, I I'm surprised that they mindset.
0: haven't pulled the trigger yet on Jim just figuring out that Batgirl is Barbara.
1: This has been my my problem, not problem, but my thing since literally Gels Moan's run mm-hmm. is like, why haven't they? Like, you're prolonging that story, and also, I think the relationship would be so much more interesting. Oh and- yeah. Just do that. I hope they do in Batgirl and birds of prey. If they don't, just do it because they can't even interact anymore. Because they're like, oh well, that's why I think it felt so odd here is because like of course he knows, he knows, he knows. But you're still playing up this, you know, this charade. And uh, I think this did build up though, where he might find out. But I like the the Batman Batgirl moment again. It felt short, but I liked it. Um, I don't like the villains in this book yet. I think uh, that's the that this, was a part.
0: The Not Serpent Society, the Not Cult of the Cobra.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um,
0: Snake group number 644. What is it with comic books and having evil snake men as villains?
1: I love it. I guess because everyone's like, people reading is like, ooh, ill snakes. I don't like snakes. This is disgusting. Mm. Oh, that's why it makes it a good villain.
0: (laughs) I'm much more interested in the identity of the fake oracle. I was kicking around Mm. a theory, and you can tell me what you think of this. I think it's James Gordon Jr., because we lost track of him, and he hasn't been around for a while, and this would be a good story to bring him back in.
1: You blew my mind because uh, you know, one thing I love about this run, and again, this issue was is a little weaker, but this run so far has been really strong. Um, I like that it melds the new 52 and pre new 52 and also Gail Simone's run in general. Oh yes. Oh yes. Like, it's still Burnside Batgirl, but it also it has the Gail Simone stuff. It she's, has the. Pre- she's actually stuff.
0: acting like an adult, which is nice.
1: Yeah, and she still has the same costume. I mean, she's, I won't say bubbly in this, but she's, I think she. She's in the middle. She's not as dark as Gail Simone's run, but she's not as bright as Burnside. It's a
0: nice, happy medium, which I agree.
1: And I love that. And uh, I think they totally do that because you could see how much they love Gail Simone's run in this book. And I Mm -hmm. think that's why I like it is because you see that they love the old birds of prey and they're really paying respect to that, but not like trying to copy it.
0: The, uh, the best joke by far had to be when Batman shows up and he's like, Batgirl, Black Canary, Purple Woman. <laughs> I don't, I don't know your name yet.
1: <laughs> but I will um, because I'm Batman.
0: <laughs> Dan and I am Huntress we've met actually a couple times you just don't remember because I was an agent of spiral
1: Exactly well Batman he only remembers who he wants to remember but exactly. I mean man, at first, he is a detective he should know who this person is Uh but yeah I liked it and I I love that they actually fleshed out Batman and Batgirl's relationship because oh, I yeah. feel like they that's another thing like you know it exists but they never like give panel time to it. it's like why that's not true. they're you- that's like his pretty much like his daughter. Why don't you actually do more with that?
0: <laughs> I mean, you see way more of uh, his relationship with Dick even in the Nightwing book. That's like the backbone of that series right now.
1: Which I, I haven't been liking that Nightwing run. Sadly, really Have you been liking it. Yeah, I, I feel like they're repeating exactly what they did with Grayson, except now it's Nightwing, and I wanted something different with it. So. Uh... I, well, I think it's a little weaker. I,
0: I think the undercover owl story has to come to an end eventually, but I can understand a lot of people had the same thing where it's like, well, why, why can't he fight traditional crime anymore? Nightwing. Why does he continually have to be undercover and out of Gotham and everything?
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, at the same time, like I don't need him just to be Nightwing cause, I mean, we've seen that before too, but I wanted something different and this was felt, and again, it, it is the same writer writing it. It's it Tim does Celia. feel very re- repetitive. And I love Tim Sealy cause I love revival, but, um, and
0: I love hack slash.
1: Oh, and Hackslash is great, too. I haven't read it in a while. Actually, I don't know if he's come out with Hackslash in a while. Uh, It it, it
0: ended, then there was another mini-run, like five issues, but that wasn't him writing it. That was, like, his friend writing it.
1: Oh, someone else. Yeah, it's a a great series. If if you like horror, it's really Mm, good.
0: If you love a horror comedy, it's amazing. I'm surprised they haven't tried to turn Hackslash into something yet.
1: I think they're trying. I know they tried for a revival, but because there are so many shows that recently had to do with revivals and, you know, Walking Dead, they couldn't get it off the ground, which is such a shame because this would have done really well. It's such a good book um, if you guys aren't reading it. But yeah, going back to Nightwing, um, I-, I like his writing a lot, but uh, I-, I hope this whole Court of Owls thing is over soon because I feel like they-, they did too much with it in the new 52 also, even though the Nightwing story was interesting with it.
0: My, uh, my ideal conclusion for this Nightwing arc is maybe he finally has, like, last words or last falling out with Batman and says, fine, I'm going to go establish myself in a new city. And, oh, look, that new city is Bloodhaven.
1: I, I wish that was the first issue of this book. <laughs> I know. I, th- I
0: think a lot of people were thinking, because they teased the return of Bloodhaven in, like, an old detective comics when Rene Montoya came back to the Gotham police force. It's like, oh, where you been all this time, Renee? Oh, over in Bloodhaven.
1: Uh, yeah, they did. I remember that. They did uh, tease that. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get it. I think we will. It's just going to take time, just like all the other DC Rebirth books. It's like some some are going really quick, like Superwoman's going way too quick. And then yeah. there's some that's just like, pick up the pace.
0: <laughs> Indeed, uh-huh. I guess from, you know, Back on the Birds of Prey to Wonder Woman, I read that one this week too. Did you get a chance to uh, read that?
1: Yeah, that was real. I like the year one story more than the present day story, even though I like the present day story I, a I lot. C-
0: I kind of agree with you on that. I kind of think the year one story is stronger and I feel weird saying that we've had wonder Woman's origin retold to us so many times in the last year be it in the legends of wonder woman be it in the bombshells universe it's like did we need to see this story again apparently yes because it's really good
1: yeah i don't know how but i think it's because it's more of not the mascara which yeah legends of wonder woman and we also had wonder woman earth one i forgot that too <laughs> we had that from too.
0: morrison there you go so we saw it another it's like three to four times in this in 2016 alone we've which gotten her origin again
1: Because we, I mean, before that, you never really get her origin, so it's just so weird, I guess because of the movie and everything, but... That has um, to be why. I liked it, though. I liked that it actually connected to the present day with Cheetah and all that. That was the
0: best part. In fact, one of the things I was worried about this Wonder Woman book, because it alternates, is would it feel weird to read it in trade? Putting this story as six at the end means no, it won't. It actually ties it with a nice bow.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm really liking Wonder Woman, uh, and I love the artwork, and I can't wait until it does get out of this. But then I'm gonna miss Nicola Scott, and I hope they could util- utilize her in some way. Absolutely. I don't know if you read Black Magic, but they are doing a great job on that. But I think they had to stall it because of Wonder Woman. So at the same time, maybe I do want this to end that way. They could go back to that series.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I really dig what they're doing with Sheeta, Barbara, and Minerva, making her very important and very integral to wonder woman's origins and being like oh so this is you know they were friends once upon a time and this is why how they became like you know best friends eternal enemies
1: she actually became interesting i never really cared for cheetah because no i'm like one i'm a... cared
0: about Cheetah.
1: <laughs> no one did and because i'm not like a huge wonder woman fan like i like her i dabble in wonder woman i obviously read her comics but i'm not like the hugest fan of her but to actually like feel connected to that character and just connected to diana in general i think is a really good step forward Definitely. because i it's sometimes hard to connect to Wonder Woman, but it it, I think I, everyone can, and with this one, hopefully. I,
0: I think the problem with Wonder Woman too, or at least you know, a lot of long swaths of Wonder Woman's history, is that she has these starts and stops as a character that Batman and Superman never had. Where it's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. let's let's take away her powers and make her like a secret agent. Like, okay, well, let's have the Amazons attack then, and have her deal with that. She hasn't, like, had these uninterrupted things. It feels like with Wonder Woman, they were always trying to reinvent the wheel with her, always. They never just let her be for any long period of time. Even now, with the Azarellos, you know, oh, I'll make her dark and gritty and I'll bring in, like, you know, a bunch of messed up stuff from Greek mythology. Even that they put on the back burner to be like, no, let's put it more back to the classic version just in time for the movie.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. I like the Finches' run. Um, They did a pretty, they did a good job. I liked it. But then again, like you just said, it was so different from the other run. And that made Wonder Woman fans and even non-Wonder Woman fans like, no, this runs better, this one runs better. And it felt so separated. But you don't want that with Wonder Woman. I feel like this is finally a happy medium. It is. Hopefully. It, (laughs) it,
0: it, It really is a happy medium. Rucka's doing a really good job. And in fact, he's even, this was the first issue where they really started to change some big stuff. And that is, you know, well, how did she get her amazing God-given powers? Did she get it when she was made from clay and taken from the earth? No, she got them later, actually. And I'm like, huh, huh.
1: Yeah, the little interesting details they had here. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman's just a surprise. If, if no one's reading this, uh, pick it, or if anyone's not reading this, um, pick it up. It's, uh, even if you're not a Wonder Woman fan, I think you should at least give it a try. This,
0: this, I think this has the power to make you into a Wonder Woman fan if you're not...
1: 100% agree.
0: That's uh, that's definitely what that one's about. Um, uh, what else did you have going on?
1: What else did I read? I read so many books, um, but I think I read like 24 books. Let's see. Uh, we talked about Spider-Man. We talked about that one. Um, uh, we did.
0: Uh, we didn't talk about uh, Civil War Spider-Man. Did you read that?
1: Uh, I didn't. I dropped it after issue one because I really didn't like it. it.
0: it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It got better. Then it got much worse. <laughs> then it got okay by the end, and it stuck the ending in an interesting way. the The only thing I'll try and tell you is, by the end of this, they actually do make a pretty good argument for why Spider Man was willing to join Carol's side during Civil War Two.
1: Okay, at least at least the book did something. I honestly didn't really read any of the miniseries after issue one. X Men I didn't like. X Men it, it sucks. I have to drop a lot of X Men books because so I don't mm-hmm. like the direction it's been going. I, I think the only I, I,
0: I just cut the cord with all new X Men this uh, like this week
1: you have to. It's just, it's all new X-Men. I cut the cord, I think, a couple of months they, ago.
0: They give you no reason to keep reading all new X-Men, because it's like, well, I want to follow, you know, Laura as the new Wolverine. Read her main exactly. book. It's better. Well, I want to see, like, new young Cyclops. Go read Champions when it comes out. It'll probably be better. I'm like, well, what about all these other ca- I don't care about any of these other characters.
1: Exactly. The direction is, it. even in X-Men, I dropped that a while ago, too. The direction's not there. Um, I dropped the a- like X-Men. Apocalypse
0: War so much. I'm glad to say extraordinary is in the process of course correcting and uncanny has course corrected a bit but yeah it's it's really easy to just dump all the x-men books
1: and it's sad to say that I'm such a huge X-Men fan and it, it, it kind of hurts that you're not, I i don't pick up an X-Men book, um, the only one I pick up is Wolverine because I, I feel like it's the only one worthy and Tom Taylor's it's doing consistent. such a good job, you know so consistent, and again Tom Taylor's concentrating more on the character and mm-hmm. and focusing on that and the other books are just like we don't know what we're doing, because uh, o- they don't
0: <laughs> uh, Old Man Logan has been pretty good, I'll give it that, both of the Wolverine books have been solid, in fact that was another one I read this week, this continues his return to Japan story, the, the do a lot of good like dual storytelling where it's like okay this is what happened to him in the future and we're going to reflect and relate that to what's happening to him now in the present and in fact they introduce a new villain who can see the future so he can actually like fight him on both fronts which i thought was interesting
1: yeah i heard good things about old man logan i'll probably again that's another one i'll probably get in trade um
0: beautiful looking book from uh sorrentino
1: Yeah, it fits too. I think it fits him more. I think uh, he did another. He did Green Arrow, but I feel like he did something else. Um, And I know, I know, we have different opinions on the Lemira run. Um, I'm the minority who didn't love the Lemira run, and I like the Arrow run because I miss Mia Dearden. I still miss her. Uh, What do you think of the current Green Arrow? I want to ask you that, because we're both huge Green Arrow fans.
0: I like it. I think it's brought back a lot of the fun stuff that I enjoy, even if I still feel they need to continually pay lip service to the TV show, being like, hey, everyone, but here's Diggle in the adventures, though. We easily could have put Roy in his place, but here's Diggle, though.
1: Yeah, I think it's so fan service. I, I'm so indecisive because I do think it's better than Werewolf Green Arrow. But, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I love that you can even say there's a Werewolf Green Arrow. There was. But there's so much fan service, I feel, with Black Canary and um, Oliver that I don't feel like we deserve it yet. Like, we don't really know them yet. And that's been kind of a problem with me for me. And also this horror tone. I don't know why Green Arrow is a horror book. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: well, I guess it's because there are no other horror books right now at D.C.,
1: So why not Green Arrow? (laughs) Why not? He gets
0: picked for it. Yeah, I mean the the burned were pretty horrific. They were basically monster men.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then you had
0: the underground men who were literally Nosferatu's in goggles. It's it's so
1: weird. It's so weird. I, I
0: I never considered that. Hey, fans who live in Seattle, and I know you do, Generation West. Are there a lot of monsters just running around Seattle that we don't know about?
1: It, it looks like it after this run. You have werewolves, you have uh, monster villains. <laughs> um, who knows what's coming up next? I'm sure the next arc will will have a vampire or something.
0: Well, he's going to be on an island, so maybe it'll be an island of vampires. I, I will admit I was not expecting, but I was pleasantly surprised by the last issue of Green Arrow because it yes. focused on Imiko as she first comes to Green Arrow because that got kind of you know glossed over. In the Lemire run, that ended. Then we jumped to the Arrow Writer's run. She got written out, then written back in. And it's like, yeah, what what was her relationship like when she came to live with Oliver for the first time?
1: This book is so inconsistent when you look back at it. <laughs> um, it really is. But uh... it, it,
0: It's even more inconsistent when we look back at like the beginning of the New 52 and being like, hey, we're going to make him like the Green Arrow from Smallville because that's the last version people liked.
1: Yeah, and then that didn't work. And the artwork I remember was not good um he's been just,
0: rebo- green arrow and oliver queen have been rebooted more times in universe in like the last couple of years than i think anybody else
1: i just wish he was a writer honestly i would love john winning to come oh, back but you i mean me both. he'd be so because i think he could bring it back on track because he wasn't he did some new 52 book i think he did catwoman why not just bring him back on green arrow he, he and get catwoman, this back he, he did, did catwoman
0: be- he did a little Batwing. he did like some fill-ins for night of the owls and then he never did anything else after that
1: I think, why don't you put him in the thing that really, I think, put his name on the map, which is Green Arrow. I, I don't, again, it needs help. It really does. Like, even even though this, this runs a little bit better, I don't think it's at the, the place it should be with DC Rebirth.
0: I, I'm i enjoying it. But then again, maybe I'm an easier sell for fan service for this kind of thing.
1: There you go. But hopefully we'll both be happy in the future hopefully the near future
0: (laughs) we can only hope and you got me interested right now i'm actually looking at judd winnick's page right now and being like what was the last thing he was working on
1: yeah i think i think he has i think he's doing now like some cartoony stuff like graphic novel independent stuff i think he has a little time to do some dc dc rebirth (laughs) Uh,
0: apparently he was working on that hulu show the awesomes for a bit
1: was he? that's really cool. That's a Seth Meyer uh, show, which is yes. cool that he, he really he always invites um, comic book writers to talk about comics, which is great. That's cool. for a late night show. Um, I think I saw the first season of the Awesomes and then kind of fell off of it but uh, that's pretty cool. Like I know he does more TV show stuff like at least cartoon that's what he wanted to do but uh, and then he got to comics more but uh,
0: yeah, I don't think he's done any like superhero comics in a bit now just uh, just looking at his bibliography.
1: Is offering Green Arrow. I know Ben Percy is also working on Teen Titans, which kind of works me too, though. Like, I don't know. Are you excited for that Teen Titans run?
0: I am definitely excited for that because I think it's the fresh start the team needed. I'm interested in having it be like some new younger characters, like the new uh, Fl- uh, Kid Flash, you know, Damien yeah. on the team. I think that should be really interesting. Uh, what was the other thing I liked about it? Oh, the mystery sixth character, which they have announced now. There's going to be a mystery character. Who do you think the mystery character is going to be?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. I feel it would be interesting. It can't be Superboy because they, they're doing Jonathan. Well, mm. it could be Superboy could Jonathan.
0: Be is, mm. is he ready to be a Titan? My theory was because Percy is also writing Green Arrow, it could very well be Emiko. They don't have an archer on the team yet.
1: Yes. Oh, man. That would be really cool. But at the same time, there's so many archers I really want. I just, again, I just want Mia back. Come on, let's just get (laughs) Mia.
0: They they could do Mia, too, because there's no Speedy currently. You you need a Speedy for the Teen Titans team, so what if she showed up again and said, hey, I'm Mia, I'm also Speedy, though?
1: I think I might need to, like, tweet at Ben Percy and, like, just say, hey. Mia, Mia, any book, just give me Mia. (laughs) It's
0: it's like you—you may need to lie down after that. Oh, I need to lie down. (laughs) This is too much to take.
1: (laughs) If Mia showed up, I would need to lie down. Oh my God, she's back.
0: (laughs) I I think there's a lot of interesting younger heroes you could sub into that team, and it would actually make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Now you know what you got me a little bit more excited. I—I was already, you know. Excited for Teen Titans because again, it's just I'm hoping it's better than the last one. I I kept trying to jump on and off, but I just never could get it to the last Teen Titans. Um,
0: Neither could I. The Libdell stuff was, you know, too radically inconsistent.
1: You know what's surprising about Libdell? His run on um, Red Hood and the Outlaws has been really good so far. This one, it's been solid.
0: I, I dare not pick it up, but then again, I have my own weird hang ups about Libdell.
1: Yeah, I, I I usually like, again, like with his Teen Titans run, I didn't really like it, and some of the other stuff I didn't really like, but this was, I'm like, wow, this has been surprising me, and it's been a solid book.
0: I I read the first issue because everyone was gushing about it, saying, oh, it's so great, you know, Labdell, he wrote a really good Red Hood story. And I read that first Rebirth issue, and I'm like, it's just retelling all the other Red Hood stories we've seen before. It's it's, ju- it's just last days. It's just under the Red Hood. There's nothing new here. It's just a retread.
1: Which I'm not surprised at the Rebirth stuff. But it, but then issue one went into more of the Jason things. And then they even introduced Artemis well. Um, and then the Black... Uh, well... I guess a little spoiler Black Mask is in it um and and he is he was like a rebirth
0: of, issue yeah Was he in
1: the rebirth one so um now Jason's playing undercover with Black Mask which I actually think works more than Dick Grayson Really so. now yeah, so it's it's interesting. Like it's different. It
0: blows me away because I remember in the Rebirth issue, like uh, Red Hood, he's sitting there in the bad guy bar, and he's like getting approached to come work for Black Mass. And I'm like, why on earth would you trust Red Hood? He shoots bad guys all the time. Why are you trusting him? He has a bat on his chest. <laughs>
1: He's like, why, well, I, it would hopefully Black Mask has another plan up his, you know, sleeve that if he wants to. he's not a total this, idiot. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, the old Black Mask, he's not. But, uh, let's hope. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been liking it more than I, I thought I would. It's been a surprise for me.
0: Well, that's good, if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess two books I read that I'll just kind of, you know, talk about quickly because, you know, they kind of go hand in hand together. Uh... Deadpool number 18 and Uncanny Avengers number 14. They actually, they're actually weird kind of spiritual sequels to each other. Uh, Deadpool or uh, Uncanny Avengers number 14 shows the actual breakup of the Avengers Unity Squad.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I haven't been reading... Uh, I don't, the only Avengers title I've been reading I think is all new, all different, and that's been very inconsistent, so...
0: <laughs> I, I dare say Uncanny has actually been the strongest. It's also been inconsistent, but the last couple arcs have been super good. They had a Hank Pym Ultron come back. They're dealing with the fallout of that. All the mutants led by Cable on the team trying to, you know, uh, break into a military research facility because they think they have a cure for uh, Terrigen poisoning. Captain America stops them, that leads to a fight, and Captain America, who we of course know is a secret uh, Nazi sympathizer now, after having his mind rewritten, disbands the entire team.
1: That is interesting. At least it's getting, like I feel like, a deeper plot line going there. Definitely. Um, more than all new, all different, where they don't know where they're going with that book, which is evident because they're rebooting it now or relaunching yeah. it.
0: Which actually it looks to be much better in the relaunch.
1: Yeah, I think it has more direction, and then, you know, Kamala and the rest being on Champions, I think, works out. Yeah, I I think it will be a better book in the end.
0: Which, say what you want about Civil War 2, but one of the few storylines they've actually handled consistently and well is the formation of the Champions, and that is these young heroes are growing more and more disillusioned with their older counterparts. They don't like the way things are going. They hate all the fighting that's being had, and they're like, well, geez, if we don't like it, we should just go form our own team and run it our way.
1: Which is cool, because I feel like we haven't had that really with Marvel in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been, you know, tr- they've been trying to do it, but they just don't really know how. Like, the new Warriors book that got canceled very mm-hmm. quickly. The young
0: Avengers, all the Young Avengers books that got canceled.
1: Oh, yeah. Young Avengers. I I love the original Young Avengers, but then the, the Gillen one I didn't really like. It was kind of weird for me. Um, So, yeah, it's cool to actually get a Young Hero book that actually makes sense and has been built up. And oh, talking about Civil War Two, I think Miss Marvel was one of the best Civil War II titles was Still the best is.
0: one i would say without a doubt because you know why that's the best one and i'm sure you'll agree actual consequences that we're going to yes. have to deal with in the future they're not going to sweep this under the rug kamala's life has been forever changed by the events of civil war Two
1: yeah it's not repetitive and also i think it actually shows what the civil war ii ethics meant and mm. now like her friends which i do think by the end of this arc like Zoe and all them, they're going to find out that she's Miss Marvel and she's going to have to deal with that, which could be interesting. I think that'll be really interesting. Also, one I read this week, A-Force, has been a really solid Civil War II tie-in because it actually brings in more ethical problems, but um, it's the team being separated, but because of their... Disagreement actually brings them closer together and by the end of this issue we see Captain Marvel being kidnapped by one of the people that Nico was going to kill and says Mm -hmm. oh well I'm going to arrest you and Captain Marvel's kidnapped so it becomes more personal to her which we haven't really seen any uh, any of the other tie-ins. I've been really surprised by A-Force too
0: interesting interesting i know i'm sure i'm sure you've run across this too because you read as many books as i do isn't it weird that in most of the tie-ins it seems like no one actually agrees with carol's point of view or if they do they have ulterior motives for joining her team like spider-man only joins because he wants to protect ulysses uh luke cage only joins her team because he wants to get iron fist out of jail
1: yeah i think that's why this that's the lacking part of Civil War II, but again, that's why Miss Marvel was so interesting, is that she actually you know, she loves Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm, That's her mm-hmm. idol and she wants her to be happy, but at the same time she does have that ethical difference. So she wants to join the team, but she's like, "I can't." And I think that was really interesting the way they did that.
0: They even do that at the end of Spider-Man 8 this week where uh Sam and Miles are like, "Well, I guess we're on Iron Man's team." And Kamala's like, "Well, I guess I got to go with Captain Marvel cuz she's my hero and my influence." And but god, why did she have to do that thing she did? <laughs>
1: Yeah they they that scene was really good but it, if this it, w- came out 3 months ago it would have been a better book <laughs> Exactly
0: that scene is so good and it's written by Bendis in a Bendis book I'm like oh my god why wasn't this in the actual event
1: it doesn't, it doesn't make sense just, to me. And it, just oh, it's like Iron 8. Man
0: for last week when uh, Tony actually comes to terms with Rhodes' death and he has a flashback to all the times they had together and beats himself up saying, oh, you know, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't become a hero and he wouldn't be dead. Why wasn't that in the main book also?
1: Yeah, and also, like, I remember Iron Man um, and International Iron Man. There are supposed to be Civil War Two, roads to Civil War, and then they never really end up tying to Civil War Two until now, yeah. until three months later and it's too late, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep yep that's uh that's what happens. That's yep. unfortunate uh so yeah, I mean that was the uncanny Avengers. Deadpool was interesting because it's like Deadpool's life coming completely undone. oop my team disbanded, oop, my daughter doesn't want to talk to me, oop, I'm leaving my monster wife, and it's just like yep everything in his life has gone to hell in one moment, and he just kind of basks in the horror of it all
1: yeah oh i have I heard Deadpool's getting getting better i I'm glad to hear that um I think Pe- he also has a mini series, Peaks and valleys.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're definitely at a peak right now. We were in a valley for a bit with the whole Mercs for Money stuff that didn't go anywhere, but now he's kicked them to the curve and we're in a peak again.
1: And all those solo series coming out for them. Why? Yeah.
0: i i joked on the weekly pull it's like hey everybody uh this just in in news fool killer slapstick and solo are going to be getting new books this also when books will be canceled after only five issues oh
1: you know it and i feel like there's there's other characters that should have series you know and it's mm-hmm. it's sad that they don't
0: you know what that was i'm sure they saw the returns on deadpools and the mercs for money when that mini series came out and said wow people must really love these characters but which one though let's spin them off and see which one they like <laughs>
1: And then we'll do it again, and, and again, and again, and again. I, I'm surprised that Mercs and Money has its own series. I, I was surprised by that. But again, I'm not reading the current Deadpool series, so maybe it would make more sense if I did. But yeah.
0: I, I, I've been digging the Duggan years, and it really has been years that he's been on the book now.
1: Yeah, he's been, like, it, from what I have read, he's definitely been doing some of the best work of Deadpool. If you like that character a lot, then I think you're you're going to like it I run. didn't
0: like the character until I started reading Doug, and he really plays him as a sad clown, and I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a book you should try out if you haven't. Even if you don't like Deadpool, try it out and trade. De-
0: definitely read the beginning stuff when it was him and Brian Posehn writing it together. That had to be some of the hardest I've ever actually laughed at a comic in a while because mm-hmm. yeah, they got a real comedian to write it.
1: That that is exactly what you need with a, with a book like Deadpool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know humor in comics is hard because you know reading a good joke and hearing a good joke are two different things.
1: Totally, I think that's why I I tend not to read comedy books. I think the only right now you know it's a really good comedy book, Jughead, uh, mm. and it just with the new writer now because I just picked it up with the last issue and it was good. I really liked it. Jughead's good. Um, But yeah, I usually don't read comedy books because, of course, we read so much and we have to review so much, so it's like, oh, well, the plot's not going to really move. Um, That's why I don't really read Squirrel Girl or, like, I Hate Fairyland because it's kind of hard to read comedy books. But sometimes, like I said, like Jughead, that's a pretty good, solid uh, comedy book now at least, at least that first issue was.
0: Comedy is also one of the hardest things to review because either you find it funny or you don't, and I can't really describe the joke to you without ruining the joke
1: exactly it is hard to review um, i saw that we both uh, reviewed son of zorn and that that's hard. i never really review comedy so it's it's a little harder but at least it has animation so you could you could review that mm.
0: <laughs> i uh, i review a lot of south park but that's easier cuz at least you can talk about all like the real world hot button issues that they're drawing reference from
1: exactly yeah south park's a little bit easier and also again animated shows i think in general are a little easier cuz you could talk about the animation like mm. how it worked with the comedy um, but like just Straightforward sitcoms are really hard uh, to review.
0: <laughs> what to, you know? Hey, because I got you here, we can talk about Zorn. Because I'm pretty much done all my comics for uh, for this week. What do you think of Zorn?
1: Um, I I liked it. I think it's r- original. I think very. some of it was very. That's definitely what's I hope is going to make the the series stay. Um, the animation I thought was a little jarring at times, uh, but I liked it overall. I think the characters' inter- interaction though was a little off because again they're not actually interacting with him but I hope that can improve as yeah, the series definitely. goes on. Um, I liked it overall though like I'll, I'll probably binge watch it that's usually what I end up doing with my comedies either way. Yeah
0: it's, it's a Fox show and I mean Fox has a terrible history of they cancel good shows before their times and they let like, bad yeah. shows run forever
1: gotham <laughs> yeah that's too funny
0: that's too funny you should say that there was a guy in my comment section who i swear to god was the biggest gotham fan ever and i was talking about this with matt last week but i'll say it again where he's basically like no man, I mean you, you gotta watch it with fresh eyes man you can't think about it now you gotta think about it five years down the line now from someone who's never seen batman before to where i'm like So what you're basically saying is I need to forget everything I know to enjoy this.
1: Yeah, I I watched it because I can't completely, uh, you know, judge it because I only seen the pilot episode, but I could tell it wasn't my thing. And there's so many possibilities you can have with a Batman series, again, Bat Family, but Uh uh, now you can't have them because of this show. Like, you can't have Stephanie, you can't Uh have Tim, you can't have any of these characters because the show is going on because... They're never going to use them, but they—they they pretty much own them. So
0: I, I watched it for a season and a half, and it oh, was—it was—it pre- was pretty rough. Unfortunately, all my reviews now are lost to time and space. But I think—I think I developed a following just for people liking to hear me go a little bit crazier every week when I talked about it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I reviewed Teen Titans Go and a couple of those other type of shows, and when I was reviewing it, people just wanted wanted to hear me get angry, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm done.
0: <laughs> I, I tap out. I tap out.
1: Exactly. I was like, how angry can you get about something? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm usually try not to be too negative, but when when you have a That's why I don't continue to review the show then.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, Did you have anything else left you wanted to talk about? Because I'm more or less done my comics for the week.
1: Yeah. um, Again, this was kind of a weird week where um, there were some solid books, but for me personally, there was a lot of books that were lacking. So yeah, I think I've talked about all of them. (laughs)
0: There you go. Uh, I guess with that, everyone, we can bring this show to a close. We've been talking for a good amount of time, actually. So, you know, just because Matt's gone, we didn't shortchange your show. I want to thank Kat so much for coming and joining me this week. She really saved the show because there was a bit there where I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to record one or not. And I'm just like, oh, geez, I'm going to have to explain to everyone why we couldn't do one. So thank you cat for saving the day on this
1: one no problem hey if it ever happens again let me know love to come on again
0: i'll be sure to keep you in mind and uh everyone else out there be sure to check uh comic uno out on our own channel be sure to check her out on comic Frontline and all that other stuff uh until then uh, i will say thank you so much for watching be sure to like subscribe favorite do all that other social networking mumbo jumbo check me out on facebook and uh, if you're going to be in the new york area come by and say hi to me and cat because we'll both be there
1: Yes, totally. Uh, I would love to see your guys' faces, and I'm excited to meet Joel. <laughs> yeah,
0: same, same. So yeah, that'll just about do it for us, everyone. Bye-bye.